I'm not sure whether that's um, useful in that 45% of stocks um, don't cover their cost of capital. But uh, I think generally you've got um, you've got uh, 12, uh, about 13 times earnings, where uh, the US is 50% higher and uh, and Europe is about 15% higher. Mm. Um, the one I'd really target there is uh, is Europe and say it shouldn't be more expensive. Than Japan, not with its problems, with uh, with the, the fact that it's handled the virus so much worse, and then of course in monetary terms, they've all got their shoelaces tied together, which which means that the uh, the problems will continue for uh, I believe much longer. Nick, thanks very much indeed. That's Nick Smith, who's Japan strategist at CLSA in Tokyo. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio Three. And in the markets over in Tokyo, the Nikkei 225, first of all, is up one and a quarter percent. The rally in Australia has continued for another day. The SX200 is up one percent. The Cosby is rising 0.4 percent at the open. Uh, looks like the Hang Seng is going to see more modest gains of about 0.1 to 0.2 percent, around 40 or 50 points on the index. In the commodities markets, Brent crude oil is trading at $35.66 a barrel, uh, and gold is up at $1,729 an ounce. And the US dollar fairly stable this morning, trading at 107 and three quarters against the Japanese yen. Back chat's coming up after the news with Hugh Chiverson and Andrew Work. Do please join me again tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock for Money Talk. Let me give you an update on the weather forecast for today. Mainly cloudy with sunny intervals and a few showers. Those showers will be heavier at times, later with thunderstorms, and the maximum temperature is going to be about 31 degrees. The outlook is for sunny intervals and a few showers in the next couple of days. It's 28 degrees right now, 88% relative humidity. It's 8.32 with the half-hour news. Here's Samantha Butler. The World Health Organization has suspended testing of the drug hydroxychloroquine as a possible treatment for COVID-19 as a precautionary measure. The announcement comes after a study suggested the drug could cause heart problems and might even increase deaths among patients with the disease. Hydroxychloroquine is traditionally used in the treatment of malaria, but some public figures, including President Trump, have suggested it could work against COVID-19 as well. The head of the WHO's emergencies program is Mike Ryan. It is not related to any problem. There is no problem uh, at all right now within the solidarity trial. There's no issue. There is no signal. We're just acting on an abundance of caution uh, based on the, the recent results from other studies to, to ensure that we can continue safely with that arm of the trial. The German airline Lufthansa, which has been hit hard by the pandemic, has agreed a rescue deal with the government. The package includes loans and other stabilization measures that could be worth almost 10 billion US dollars. It also involves the government taking a temporary 20% stake in the airline. Germany's finance minister Olaf Scholz made the announcement. All in all, this is a very good solution because it takes equally into account the needs of the company and its staff and the state and taxpayer. Lufthansa is a healthy and economically successful company that was brought into trouble through no fault of its own but because of the corona crisis. America's most popular state, California, has announced that shops and places of worship are now free to reopen. The health department says they'll have to submit a safety plan and operate at just 25% occupancy. Church congregations must be limited to fewer than 100 worshippers. The past few days had already seen some reopening of shops, bars and restaurants in certain counties under strict requirements, including face masks and temperature checks.
And the British Prime Minister Boris Johnson also announced coronavirus restrictions would be further relaxed. He said outdoor markets and car show rooms in England would be allowed to reopen on the 1st of June and other retail outlets a week later. The number of people with the virus who died has risen to almost 3,000. He said this would be contingent on progress in the fight against COVID-19. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Chiverton, your co-host today. is Andrew Work. Andrew, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. More today on the planned national security legislation and also the anthem law. Well, the former chief executive, Tung Chi Wah, said yesterday that if you don't plan to engage in acts of secession, subversion, terrorism or conspiring with foreign influence in connection with Hong Kong affairs, you'll have no reason to fear the new legislation. The Bar Association says, though, that the plan has caused deep unease in the local and international community and it's expressed its concern saying that it seems that Beijing has no power under the basic law to insert the legislation into Annex 3 as intended. Will the national security law bring stability or instability to us? Police and protesters are gearing up for another LegCo showdown. Is it time for a pause for peace? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Bankchat and RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, bankchat at rthk.hk, or you can give us a call. And our telephone number is 233-88266. That's 233-88266. 266. Joining us for the discussion, the first part of the discussion now, we have uh, Avery Ng, who's chair of the League of Social Democrats, and uh, Philip Dykes, who's chair of the Hong Kong Bar Association. Others joining us in the course of the programme this morning. Once again, backchat at rthk.hk uh, is our email address if you want to send us a message. Some messages that have come in between programmes. Andrew Kay says, uh, Sunday's exhibition of democracy, in inverted commas, surprised no one. Just hired thugs no political agenda at all. Happy to see the police taking a firm hand. Not surprising to see the thugs beating people who did not agree with them. I guess the many criminals hiding in Hong Kong will need to worry. No one else will. Also, the fee for participating in street riots has probably gone up. Time to get really tough with these morons. That comes from Andrew Kay. Henry Lam uh, says... Uh, uh, Ronnie Tong told the BBC Radio 4 Today programme uh, that the uh, Hong Kong police and courts will be policing the new security law. That's not what we're hearing from all the Beijing loyalists who tell us there will be a new agency to crack the whip. Who to believe? The short answer is no one. And uh, one more message in uh, an email. Actually, a couple more. Uh, John says, Maria Tam and CY already telling blatantly fabricated narrative about the need for a China state security service in Hong Kong. They claim there is a void. There is a security branch in Arsenal Street Police Headquarters. That's an open secret since the 1990s after a quick rebranding to purge it of British-led intelligence when it was called Special Branch. It goes by another cloak and dagger name and it has staffing of several hundreds. You just can't try trust this lot. Why don't people call the Beijing Stooges to account on this? And that comes uh, from... Uh, <laughs> sorry, it comes from... It says, John, but just call me Jay, please. I choose not to have my details leaked. Too late, John. Sorry about that. Uh, okay, and... I uh, think, think he's pretty safe. With, that's pretty generic. John, yeah, I mean, John. Yeah. I mean, I say John, I lie. 
this is from Richard, uh, who says, uh, Dear Backchat, let's get a better grip on the idea that there is terrorism in Hong Kong that justifies the national security law. Stop misusing the spectre of the term terrorism. The police themselves are conspiring in this misguided smear on the protest movement by spotlighting seemingly fabricated so-called terrorist arms caches without presenting any solid case as to what is behind the arms fines. Does that sound far-fetched? Show the evidence. Show me the arrests that are linked to these easy-to-find bombs, IEDs and assault rifles. The arms fines magically appear after so-called intelligence and tip-offs. Quite mysterious. We don't know for sure the booksellers were spirited away by mainland agents, but that's only because the police refuse to investigate properly. So we don't know what else mainland agents are up to in Hong Kong. Our system is being subverted by those tasked with maintaining it. Such all-round hypocrisy. The police are keen to smear those that accuse it of wrong, but they leave themselves wide open with their own double standards. That is from Richard. Thank you very much indeed uh, for your uh, messages. Uh, once again, our email address is backchat.thk.hk. Uh, Avery, mm, good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, it's uh, pretty much over now, isn't it? Um, now that this legislation is going to be introduced and it will be introduced uh, yeah, well, uh, that'll be the end of your attempts to subvert and succeed uh, Hong Kong from what what <laughs> no. well uh, seriously uh, with the in introduction of this new uh, national security law it truly spells the beginning of uh, the end of Hong Kong um, we are talking about introducing Chinese uh, uh, law and legislation uh, into Hong Kong uh, without a consultation of the Hong Kong people and uh, and basically a clear directive from Xi Jinping. Uh, so that in itself destroyed the one country, two system and whatever promises that uh, have been made uh, under the basic law. Uh, and secondly, uh, you know, looking into the I mean the, the the lack of details of the current version of the decisions is so unclear and vague and it, it is a blanket law uh, that that basically not just uh, you know, it's not just for uh, no, real terrorism or even secession or, or subversion, but a blanket law that uh, basically can uh, criminalize uh, free speech. Because mind you, that this national security law or its version of it locally in inside China has been used for uh, suppressing freedom of speech uh, uh, from jailing uh, Liu Xiaobo and an academic who who, uh, who just wrote a, 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 a partition uh, and he, he, he died in, in, in prison and so so if the law is introduced in Hong Kong that means and well basically from from the looks of it basically anyone who says or, or writes Anything that's remotely or, or as the, uh, as the CCP defined as uh, an attempt to topple the government or, uh, or subversion, that that's it. Uh, and, and this spells a life sentence. Then don't do it. Don't try and topple the government. Well, there you go. Uh, again, uh, for example, uh, ever since um, 1989, uh, you know, every year in Victoria... You mean Park, topple the topple mainland government, topple yeah, the well, CCP? Topple CCP. Now, now... Now, again, uh, that, that minute details or the nuance is again unclear. Uh, by uh, subversion, do you, uh, can we can we topple the one-party dictatorship, the, the actual CCP as a political party? I mean, I mean, theoretically, we've got multiple-party system in China, well, as they say. Uh, but um, 
by the looks of it, uh, they are now equating the party as the government, so we cannot topple the central government. Uh, uh, now, uh, and, and also with the, there's a lack of detail. I mean, you want to overthrow the government of the mainland. No, no, but in, 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 no, no. The, the you thing don't is, want to. The thing is, we. I thought you've been fighting for years to try and get rid for, of the. Now, now we have to be clear. We, we, we are fighting for the democratization of Hong Kong as well as uh, uh, China. Now, by democratization uh, and and you know, uh, with people to vote, that means we have to choose uh, choices to choose which government we want, mm. right? So, technically, we are not overthrowing the, the 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 actual government body that is governing the country, but we are t we, we 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 should have the right to choose. Who runs the government? But again, in Which China, could mean ejecting the Communist Party. Exactly. So, so in in China, they equate the whole thing uh, as, as the same thing. Now, so if you push it to the uh, a, at a more local level, would would asking uh, Carrie Lam to step down as uh, chief executive uh, would that count as subversion? Now, under the 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 uh, the Chinese version or the the interpretation, well, it sort of is. So again, because of this unclear unclearness, uh, it, 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 it incite. It's not just um, kill the free speech, but it it creates a strong culture of fear mm. for everyone. Or, or well, what about this? If if you want to say the government should uh, increase the housing supply, or that you you're unhappy about them spending on white elephants. Yeah. Uh, or they should be spending more on hospital development yep. or something like that. That's fine. That's no problem. But if you want to overthrow the government of the of, of China, now, the People's well, Republic of China, well, that's a different issue. Yeah, that's yeah, well, a different I think matter. In, in China, critiquing government economic policy has been considered subversion of the state. Exactly. So, so, and and then your, to follow up your question, then what if the government keep on refusing to do whatever we, we demanded for for basic housing? Do, do we want to change the government? No, certainly we want to. Uh, so again, there's no way for us to participate in the governing of our own cities or our own country. That is the issue. There's a difference between overthrowing the government and saying we would like somebody else to be the Secretary for Housing. Oh, there, there you go. That it's unclear under the current national security Cause I, I, law. Because I, I think in China there's a lot of cases of people who are questioning economic policy being being persecuted and, uh, you know, and kind of the waves come and go. Yeah. And, and also I think uh, another point uh, and another issue with regards to this uh, national security law is that uh, it is now potentially introducing a new enfor enforcement body into Hong Kong. Um, uh, again, uh, 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 it is unclear whether these guys are bounded by Hong Kong's legal system or law, or are they enforcements from China with the directives from the Chinese government operating under the Chinese law? Uh, again, it is extremely unclear. Uh, and 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 going back to the basic is. Uh, these laws, I mean, uh, if you are really want to target terrorism, I mean, Hong Kong, we've already got established law to, 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 you know, to deal with those issues. And even for, for suppressing, uh, you know, democratic uh, uh, opponents, I mean, they, the government has been using a lot of colonial era laws to send us to jail. I mean, from, from, from myself to Joshua and, and potentially Martin Lee. Um, but, uh, this national security law will, will basically give them a, uh, a, a, a free pass 
uh, and and to just uh, jail or question uh, anyone that they deem is a is a threat, and and not really about secession or or, or subversion, but. Uh, anyone who's uh, who criticised the central government. All right, an, an email from Alan who says there is no excuse for the violence, vandalism, and the beating up of people who try to move objects from the road or disagree. Could you please ask Avery to condemn these acts? Avery, mm? well, the police, if they've got the evidence and if they are they act in accordance to the law, then you no, know, you can arrest them and you can charge them, and that that's that's what the police has been doing. But that it has nothing to do with the national security law. All right. Well, also joining us, as I say, is uh, Philip Dykes, chair of the Bar Association. Mr Dykes, good morning to you. Good morning to you. Uh, uh, you've issued this uh, statement expressing concern about some aspects of these, these proposals to, uh, yeah. to enact security laws uh, in, in Hong Kong. Um, but there's a basic contradiction, isn't there? I mean, you're, go you're complaining to the, ultimately to the Standing Committee of the National People's Congress, um, you know, about their own power. Uh, the fact is that the, the Standing Committee of the National People's Congress uh, is the authority. They hold all the cards, uh, and that's the end of the issue. If they say, if they want something, then they've got it. Well, that's how um, they probably see the, the, their own power. But we proceed on the, our understanding of the basic law, which is uh, put constraints or parameters on that power, and that, that as we see in our... Um, our paper, it appears that uh, there's, a, there's a job to do for explaining why this um, code of legislation is being brought down under Article 18 rather than Article 23. It's just a matter of explaining. You tell me the constitutional basis of this, and perhaps I'll be persuaded, but I've not had any such explanation so far. I mean, there's, there's, there's precedent in places, uh, well, I wouldn't say valid precedent, but precedent in places like the United States where they're taking security legislation and applying it to everything. Uh, like, in particular, their, their imposition of tariffs. Is, is that the same game plan here? When everything's a security issue, then anything goes? I mean, Annex 3 well, could become the basis well, of all of Hong Kong law. Yeah, our paper was uh, careful to say, make no predictions or guesses about the form, the, sorry, the content of international security legislation, but um, people have, have um, expressed misgivings about uh, notions of how concepts like subversion and sedition are defined and applied in the mainland, as opposed to how they apply in Hong Kong. Even at the moment, there are dated colonial laws and written decrees and sedition. If you look at them, they'll try and explain to you what, what, what is what constitutes sedition. Um, the concern that's been expressed, and I think it's a, a valid concern, is that laws in the mainland don't contain such definitions. They're open-ended, and they can, apply, they can be applied in an uh, imaginative way that you would not normally associate with uh, the application of criminal law um, in Hong Kong. Well, what is as the... You said, as you said, subversion can amount to uh, uh, disposing uh, information about economic policies, which 
What is the problem? Because uh, Annex 3 is, is a way for certain laws, laws that concern uh, issues um, that are outside the autonomy of Hong Kong, including defence and foreign affairs, uh, to, 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 to be put on touchy books in Hong Kong. Uh, and that's what's happening. Well, it will go under Article. Well, the obstacles can't but it, finish. But it will. I think. Can't we'll, okay, from what I've heard is that it will go into Article 23 later. That's, some, that's yeah, something. Yeah, well, different. I can't understand this. Um, there's where you have uh, two uh, parallel sets of uh, laws one uh, name and promulgation, and one uh, uh, devised locally, and they overlap. That's not. That's not sensible legal policy. The clear intention was that. Laws like this were to be drafted and uh, put together by the legislature of Hong Kong. The phrase is on its own. And all I wish the government to explain is why Article 23 is not being used. She says they could have said that the obstacles to enacting... Well, you should be asking... Can I finish, please? The obstacles to enacting Article 23 legislation were political. Not legal, political. Um, uh, political solutions can be achieved with a bit of compromise. I said, well, politics is the art of the possible. So we're still waiting an explanation why Article 23 can't be used to introduce this. Uh, do you accept that the proposed legislation is under the ambit of defence and foreign affairs as well as other matters outside the limits of the autonomy uh, of the region? Is there a distinction here that if, if it's domestic bred uh, actions against the central government, that's sedition and treason, but Annex 3 is meant to deal with foreign interference, as I like to call it? Is there, is there a distinction yeah, to be made? Article 23 t talks about sedition and subversion. Also, uh, laws against establishing relations with overseas entities. I don't have the text of Article 23 in front of me, but it seems a pretty comprehensive uh, 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 menu mm -hmm. for dealing with matters which are security concerns to um, the mainland. Uh, I mean, the uh, I think the Department of Justice uh, says that this this uh, does concern uh, matters beyond the complete autonomy of Hong Kong. This is about national security. So, so uh, naturally, um, the the, the yeah. central authorities. This yeah. is their argument. Can I finish? Have the right and the duty to introduce this national law to improve the national level, the legal framework, and enforcement mechanisms for for, for, for national security. For the SAR, but as you know, can I finish? But as you can I finish, please? But as you know, the article Article 23 uh, 
yes, we are supposed to uh, produce it on our own and enact it on our own. That hasn't happened, and there is no immediate prospect of that happening. So, reluctantly, uh, we will have to have it. We, it these laws, which are commonplace, uh, in fact, they're universal, everywhere else has them, uh, we will have to enact them through uh, Annex 3. That's, that's, the, uh, that's the reality. Uh, it may not be in an ideal situation, as you say, because we'll have to work out the relationship with, uh, with uh, Article 23. However, that's the reality. Yes. As I say before, uh, there is yet to be an explanation as to why Article 23 cannot be used at all and why it's necessary to bring in these laws of Article 18. And you say these laws are universal everywhere. Uh, I'm certainly uh, know for a fact there's no such uh, concept as aversion in uh, English law. I think the rationale is that they're fed up that Hong Kong hasn't enacted it after 23 years and, you know, the situation in the streets and supposedly foreign influence, although, you know, no evidence of that has been produced. Uh, that that seems to be the rationale for using it. Yeah, as you see, if you're going to bring this under pretext of foreign affairs and you're concerned with uh, mysterious foreign agents uh, agitating in Hong Kong, well, there's, there's been no evidence of that at all so far. Uh, there, I mean, there are comparable offences. There's treason, for example, in uh, uh, in the UK. Yes, yes, it's treason. Uh, there's no sedition. That was uh, abolished in 2008. Uh, as I say, subversion doesn't exist. What What is the distinction between treason and sedition that the British chose to get rid of it? Uh, treason, uh, sorry, sedition was thought to be... Um, outdated in the years, year, the first part of the 21st century. It was uh, the Royal Reform Commission in England recommended its abolition in 1977. Mm -hmm. It was, got round to doing it in 2008 um, on the basis that uh, the offence impinged upon freedom of expression and there was in fact a whole host of other offences mm -hmm. that would deal with uh, people who were disposed towards the uh, government of the day but who uh, expressed their uh, disagreement uh, uh, I mean, with more than, more, than, more than words. Okay. It, it's very it's very plain uh, from the basic law that there is a need to enact this legislation. There's a whole lot, you know, that, 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 there's no question about that. Article 23 is a requirement. Yes. Uh, and, on, and, on the, for Hong Kong, on its own. Yes, and uh, every effort has been made by the administration and Beijing um, to do that, and that has been thwarted at every turn by people like Avery Ng, arguably. Uh, well, and I therefore, if you're if you're concerned about the about the method of the introduction, you should be addressing those concerns to the to the Democrats, not to the Department of Justice. Uh, as I said uh, at the outset, this Article Twenty Three is a political problem for its enactment. It's not a legal one. The Hong Kong Bar Association has always accepted this constitutional obligation. The Hong Kong Bar Association has been willing to discuss the form and content of Article 23 laws all along. Mm. Right, here's just what, we just want to be reassured why this is constitutionally not possible.
Okay. This is uh, an email from Martin uh, who says, a reminder, the British colonial Hong Kong government had anti-subversion and anti-sedition laws from 1938 to 1997. Uh, that might explain why none of our so-called Democrats ever tried to make a case for self-determination or autonomy from Britain, flying around the world asking foreign governments to support and funding, because the British would have tried them for treason. Article 23 states the SAR shall enact laws on its own to prohibit any act of treason, secession, sedition, subversion against the Central People's Government. Since the handover, the pan-democrats, including Avery Ng, were actively blocking the, the enactment of Article 23 while actively lobbying foreign governments to interfere in Hong Kong affairs, demonising China, working hard to dilute the one country, two systems, pushing the boundaries further and further polarising society. Many political NGOs and foreign intelligence services became active right after the handover, including the NED. Now Hong Kong has riots and interference from overseas governments on a daily basis, especially from the US. Uh, can your guests please explain the hypocrisy why British colonial Hong Kong could have anti-sedition laws but China cannot. Is it because the pan-democrats, Avery and the protest movement finally stunned to lose their overseas support and especially their funding? That comes from Martin. Mr Dykes? I think the question addressed to me. Well, can, yeah. I, can, 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 I, can I put it to, to, to Philip Dykes? Uh, yes, sorry. Yeah, the British colonial system had anti-sedition laws. Uh, why can't China? There's an obligation of Article 23 to enact them. So you do it under Article 23. It's never been an issue as to whether uh, the, the extradition laws are an option. They must have them, but you go through Article 23, not this way. I mean, really, I wonder if this is a political calculation, if, uh, you know, the district council elections went so badly for the pro-government forces. Are they afraid that the LegCo elections are going to go even worse uh, coming up and, and there really will be no progress on introducing any kind of Article 23 legislation uh, if, if LegCo really goes the other way? Um, Avery, I know you've got a degree in the actuarial sciences. What, what are your, have you run the numbers? Uh, have you done the calculations? What do you think the probability is of improving time? I mean... Um, I mean, I mean it's, uh, it's low anyway, but uh, again, uh, I think this national security law is just a way uh, for Xi Jinping to just rapidly uh, tighten uh, the, the freedom of expression in Hong Kong uh, rather than you know, just simply a, a tool for election. Okay, well, uh, Philip Dykes, thank you very much indeed for joining us. We have a lot more questions for Avery uh, that have come <laughs> in, but we'll get to those because he's sticking around after the news at nine. We're also going to be joined by a Southern District Councillor uh, as well. Uh, please join in by uh, emailing backchat at rthk.hk, commenting on our Facebook page, or giving us a call. Our number is 233 uh, Thanks to Philip Dykes, Chair of the Bar Association there. The weather forecast, mainly cloudy with sunny intervals and a few showers. The showers heavy at times later with some thunderstorms. 29 degrees at the moment and the relative humidity is now at 85%. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. This is Bank Chat on a Tuesday morning with Andrew Work and uh, me, Hugh Chiverton. We continue to talk about uh, aspects of the proposed national security legislation. We were talking in the first part of the program with Philip Dykes, chair of the Hong Kong Bar Association, and Avery Ng, secretary general of the League of Social Democrats. He's uh, still with us. We're also joined now by uh, Kelvin Lam, who's a southern district councillor and uh, a former HSBC uh, economist. Uh, as ever, uh, if you want to contribute, you want to join in, give us a call, 233-88266, or email 
email backchat at rthk.hk or go to our Facebook page that's backchat and rthk radio 3 um, quite a lot of good messages on our on our some interesting conversations uh, on our Facebook page uh, Zach says as a citizen I just don't want to see so many protests every day it's not normal Sid responds uh, then you have to find out why the protesters are there uh, Sid says uh, it's not stable it's actually a dead thought and criticism and a cold body just like most cities of China uh, Gerhardt says as Martin Lee said yesterday the Chinese Communist Party are fully aware that they are unable to write laws for Hong Kong Hong Kong has to do that and there is a very clear distinct way that the legislature does this yesterday with the impasse in LegCo due to the fact that it's only representative of the people as a whole by a minority the bigger portion of LegCo is made up of functional constituencies which are voted in tiny minority groups Groups as a layer of the colonial era, but kept in place because it suits the new colonialists, the CCP, because it also serves them by means they can keep a majority in LegCo without having to go through a proper democratic process. So the CCP-led Hong Kong government have put in place their own system that would block a national security bill because the elected 30 seats will do everything in its power to defeat the bill through filibustering. Hong Kong has an ineffectual LegCo. That's uh, part of the message from uh, Gerhardt. Uh, Tom says, as usual, people are extrapolating small political changes into sci-fi film visions of gloom and doom. In reality, the NPC changes will be less serious than we imagine and will not affect 99% of people in Hong Kong. As long as the internet is on, we will be free to find ways to have our say online. And of course, we will remain free to emigrate to the supposed utopia of Taiwan or elsewhere overseas, as the people in mainland China are free to do so as well. On Backchat, instead of the all-or-nothing hyperbole, it would be good at some point if we could discuss the issues that Hong Kong democracy does help defend and we are and are important to everyone how to protect the environment health food safety and prevent our budget being spent on white elephant projects and in general how to have local decisions made to benefit the overall public that's uh, from Tom. Uh, TC says, as one of the hosts pointed out, people in mainland China have been arrested for criticising economic policies. People have been charged for sedition over investigating the total number of people killed by collapsing substandard buildings during the Sichuan earthquakes. Just like the extradition law debate last year, it's never really about the language on the law itself, but how the law is applied. I question how much of the issues you listed can be discussed anymore if the law is passed. That's uh, from uh, TC. Drake says Avery is in grave danger. Liu Xiaobo advocated for democratization and constitutional reform, and his wife got the house arrest until a year after he died of grossly delayed cancer treatment. Are you married? That comes uh, from Drake. Uh, and uh, Mr. Pink says, I recall that Avery mm, has Australian and New Zealand nationalities. Will he stay in Hong Kong after the national security law is implemented and run the risk of imprisonment, or will he jump ship and resettle down under? Uh, that comes uh, from uh, Mr. Pink. Uh, Avery, uh, do you plan on sticking around? Well, first of all, I'm not married. Uh, secondly, yeah. um, I, I have uh, forfeited my uh, Australian and New Zealand citizenship, so I've only got Hong Kong citizenship. And mm -hmm. I am going to stick around um, because uh, we have to say what we believed uh, for the uh, betterment of Hong Kong. Uh, we have been uh, fighting for so long just for the basic democracy. I mean, one of the the uh, uh, the, the, the uh, listeners uh, were saying that uh, you know he's he's tired of protest. I am tired of uh, protesting. I mean, then why the, do you do it? Well, the best thing is if we've got democracy, if we've got channels whereby we can participate politically mm. and, uh, and 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 
and make our own decision in how to run Hong Kong, then people would not have to come out. Uh, there would not be a Joshua. Um, uh, but the truth of the matter is, uh, because of this uh, lack of uh, democratic pro- uh, progress in Hong Kong, and 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 then we and then there's lack of accountability of the Hong Kong government uh, that forced people, uh, you know, from young to old and and like myself to keep coming out. Uh, now, uh, and and again, I think I I have to raise a very important point. Uh, we've got the Article Twenty Three. If you really want to deal with terrorism and you know, like real subversion or 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 or, or, or uh, secession, uh, if you really want to, uh, and it should go through the local uh, legislative process. And again, it it is a political issue. Uh, there there should be a, a dialogue and compromise. And uh, people are fearing these um, and security law is the fact that again how uh, the, the definition of it. How it's going to be uh, be enforced, how it will affect or not affect uh, our freedom of uh, expression, and not uh, counteract the uh, international competent of uh, you know, uh, civil human rights. Uh, See, some people would say that the actions of the Democrats, the filibustering, the threats to to disrupt LegCo completely, to to block LegCo completely, and things like at the weekend, uh, beating up people, thrashing people who disagree with you, show mm. that the Democrats are not there for compromise. They're not there to strike deals. They're no, there to f- oppose. No. Well, filibustering is uh, a way to... Uh, or ask uh, for compromise, or uh, and remember that the fili- and beating uh, re- people up uh, on the street. But that there's two two different issues. Uh, uh, let me answer whatever happens in in Lechko first. Uh, the, the fact of the matter is, uh, the national anthem law again is a, a law that lack any public consultation and force fed it through the uh, through the chamber, and and that's why the Democrats has trying have been trying uh, so many other ways to to. Um, Ask the government to withdraw the bill, and that's within our, our rights. And, and I mean, the government seems confident enough to ram the national anthem bill through Legco, but, but doesn't not, but doesn't introduce Article Twenty Three legislation and exactly. try to ram it through in the same way. Why are they, you know, letting Beijing put this through rather than having? Uh, and again, and 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 that there has been this uh, um, view that you well. Know, we can put the Article 23 on the table uh, to, to draft the law, uh, to, to find a consensus. Well then, let's bring the uh, universal suffrage on the table as well. But the fact of matter is, if uh, they, we've only get the Article 23, but there's no uh, real monitoring or balancing uh, mechanism uh, locally in Hong Kong, uh, then people do not have confidence that our, our basic human rights can be protected. And that is why uh, it is a pure political issue on 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 this front, and it's not a really a legal issues. Mm-hmm. And the, the CCP and Xi Jinping is basically sidestepping uh, the the Hong Kong local process and the basic law, and just uh, uh, dictatorially uh, enact a law uh, upon to Hong Kong. And with the questions of what uh, uh, violence on the streets or, uh, or or the protests. Again, we have to look at whatever ha- happened for the past 12 months. It is a byproduct of the uh, lack of responsibility by Carrie Lam uh, to uh, well, basically uh, force uh, the extradition bill upon us. And that created this whole divide in Hong Kong as well as the rampant uh, occurrence of uh, police violence. I'm not saying that uh, some, some of uh, the violent protesters are doing the right thing. 
But what, what I'm saying is, a responsible leader, uh, well, uh, uh, the government leader, should do uh, whatever that's necessary to uh, solve this uh, 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 local divide okay. rather than separate it. Also with us is Kelvin Lam, Southern District Council. Mr Lam, good morning to you. Morning, everyone. Thank you much indeed for, for joining us. I think the, what the administration has been saying and, and uh, uh, pro-government uh, uh, legislators and, and so on is that this is, this is now a chance to bring stability, to bring calm, uh, to bring a little bit more predictability, a little bit more peace to Hong Kong. It won't affect the 99% of, uh, of people in Hong Kong. Uh, Avery Ng is obviously in the 1% who, who will be affected, frankly. Um, but for most people, uh, this will be an improvement in, in their livelihood and in the running of, of Hong Kong. Do you agree? Um, <clears throat> I, don't, I don't think that um, that is correct, though, because one other thing that I want to mention is that, um, you know, this isn't a sci-fi imagination. Um, you know, is a typical what a typical Hong Konger fear most uh, before the handover, and it is slowly materializing that our freedom is at risk, the way of life is going to be changed, and also the chances of getting abducted is there, and everyone is going to be affected from a um, economic angle as well. I mean, first, um, the property values might be affected because of the uncertainty that uh, is is overlaid by the uh, by, by 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 the chinese authority because of this legislation of uh, national security law and um, uh, the fundamentals of a financial uh, center like Hong Kong is going to be affected as well because um, the, 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 the trust in the legal system and the, uh, and the rule of law, uh, the foundation of any international financial center is being affected. And obviously um, that will affect asset values at some point uh, when, uh, when the investors lose their confidence. So I guess that it is not true that you know, only 1% of people is getting affected. Many people are going to be affected by this uh, legislation. Mm. Are, are they, but are, is that financial uncertainty, is that because of some uh, political uncertainty in Hong Kong, or is that because of uncertainty over what Trump will do? Is it down to the American actions? I think both. Um, I think for the political side of things, um, I think the Chinese government's authorities are imposing another layer of uncertainty on top of something that they think they can resolve, but they can't. I mean, the only way to resolve the problem that Hong Kong has in terms of stability is to answer the five demands. Um, the basic minimum that they need to do is to conduct a inquiry into police brutality, um, uh, police conduct, etc. Um, I think that that is the basic minimum. And for the U.S. authorities, uh, retaliation, etc., yes, we are sucked into... Um, you know, uh, uh, some rivalry of powers and in international politics. Um, you know, you can say that uh, the U.S. is weaponizing uh, finance, um, but at the same time, the Chinese is also weaponizing uh, the legal system as well, using Hong Kong as a platform. I think is rather uh, irresponsible for the Chinese to do that. Kelvin, you're, you're a district councilor. What was the what was happening in your office yesterday? Was it, were people calling the office? Were people visiting the office? Were they were they asking you to do anything or take a stand, or were they laying low? Yes, actually, um, on a on a district level. Um, I think straight after the announcement by the NPCSC on Thursday, we did a, uh, uh, we were handing out leaflets to the general public in South Horizons. Um, 
and the, the, the mood is pretty gloomy. I mean, there are lots of residents coming over to me and tell me that they are severely worried about what is going to happen. Uh, as I said before, this is what they worried most before the handover. And those people, the middle class, had um, either you know, migrated already and they've been thinking about moving back to places that they, um, they, they, they moved to previously in the 90s. Um, so I think that the, the mood has changed drastically that resembles... Um, I think I'm old enough to remember that, if anything, the mood resembles that back in the 1990s, right after the 1989-1991 massacre when people were trying to move elsewhere. Yeah, there, there was a point I wanted to raise from one of the emails at the top of the show, which was uh, somebody said people in China are free to emigrate. They're not. They're not. They're not free to move in their own country without the permission of the government to get a hukou. And in Hong Kong, if you want to immigrate, uh, countries require you to have a police letter of no objection. And, uh, no conviction. No conviction, yeah. yeah. And so if the police choose to withhold that, you cannot emigrate. Can, can they do that? I mean, it's just a certificate saying you haven't got any... Well, if the, if, you know, the new legislation under Annex V, if you're a person of interest, who knows? Mm -hmm. Maybe they'll just delay. <laughs> you, you may not have the freedom to leave, is what I'm saying. Uh, okay, uh, Darren on Facebook says, once this law is passed, maybe there can be a more stable political system, which is uh, trusted and able to have the goal of elections for the chief executive. Uh, Jay says, see why Leung already messed up Hong Kong before. Now he says we're going to have a kind of MI6, yet they want to cancel June the 4th rally. Uh, second, how many thousand security people and their families are going to come into Hong Kong and take away housing from the public? We don't want to hear this. We want to hear that the government is extending mortgages and credit cards so the falling, failing middle class can pay their bills. We want the poor to have a bigger allowance so you stop destroying the quality of life of the poor because it's the poor who's protesting and the government will be putting them down. What makes the government think the police can do a better job? What makes the prison services think they can do a better job? Why are they not doing a better job now? Uh, that comes uh, from uh, Jay. Uh, Drake says, the commie realizes that it's impossible to convince Taiwan to believe in one country, two systems. They point missiles at the island when the commie realizes it's impossible to convince the people that they won't use Article 23 to persecute the people and the people don't want it to be enacted. They go, this is no longer your domestic law. We are setting up our agency here and put our man here, very much like 1984. And uh, Drake uh, also says the majority of the public is skewed as minority views in the chamber, given the peculiar makeup of LegCo. That's why we have filibustering. If we have true democracy, there's no place uh, for such uh, an act. Uh, LK says, what I am concerned about losing is the power to refuse. Let's say there is another virus next year. An official tracking app is unveiled. Can Hong Kong has refused to download it? Or is that considered subversion? of government public health aims, or say there is a push to make all Hong Kongers use financial payment apps so that financial activities and contacts can be tracked for national security. Would refusal to download these apps be considered suspect? Or you are running a successful company. It's generally suggested that you invite people with particular affiliations to join the board of directors. Can you refuse? That's uh, from uh, LK. And Bowen says the argument of the DOJ, etc., which Hugh has rehashed, i.e. national security offences exist in every country, and Hong Kong has failed to enact them, as is, is, as is its responsibility, so the central government has the right to do it for Hong Kong, has already been answered by various people. The pro-establishment camp has always had a clear majority in LegCo. The Hong Kong government could get Article 23 legislation passed any time it wants. The point is, if it could persuade Hong Kongers and their 
not cause the pro-establishment camp to suffer in LegCo elections. The argument Hugh rehashed thus does not justify the central government's rushing in to do the job for the SAR, contrary to the express requirements of the basic law. Article 23 is explicit and as such overrides whatever hidden implication is contained in Article 18.3. That is from Bowen. Uh, thank you very much indeed for that. Um, uh, Avery Ung, the, the reality is, isn't it, that the um, Beijing has gone against the Hong Kong government. The Hong Kong government was, was trying to calm things down and was saying just wait, 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 wait until there's a, there is a better environment. Uh, and Beijing mm. has just sort of flatly contradicted them, basically, and said, no, it's too no, late. I don't think yeah. they, they are in contra contradiction. I think it's the boss, boss was just saying, no, let me do the dirty work and mm. then just step in. Mm. Uh, and and again, uh, it, it destroy uh, not only the freedom but the fundamental rule of law of Hong Kong. Uh, I mean, we are talking about uh, introducing a whole oh, a new law uh, out yeah. of the blue and uh, with uh, no details on how it's going to uh, enforce in that. Uh, uh, and and there's no just there's no real justification or imminent threat. Mm -hmm. uh, for introducing this law uh, in such fashion, uh, yeah. there's just none. Um, I mean, show me a terrorist, uh, and, and I'm probably you, you've got ample of, uh, existing law to, to make the uh, make the arrest. But, are, are there extreme fringes at both ends? Like one being the Communist Party in China, the other one being the most extreme protesters that want to see this erupt in open conflict. Do they? Do they both? Are there are there extremes at either end that both want to see this? Everybody else was kind of happy with a little bit of, you know, tension yeah. back and forth. But are there, are there extremes that want to see this push to an open conflict that would justify more crackdown on one end or trying to get the entire population to rise up on the other? But, but, but then it, it, it would never do any good where in, in Hong Kong. Um, I, I think um, I think the majority of people in the middle, but I mean people at the extremes I mean, see things they're, differently. They're, they're, yeah, there's always uh, extremists on on both ends, uh, yeah. but those are extreme, well, very very minority by definitions. Yeah. Um, but, but are they out there? I mean, certainly, there's, there's but, always going to be uh, people like that. Uh, yeah. uh, but, but but then you know, it, it's the freedom of their view. Mm -hmm. um, but but going back to the to the basic uh, is that uh, you know. Hong Kong people, 99% of us, mm. um, whether you are, you know, uh, yellow or blue, um, all we wanted is a, a better livelihood. Mm. Hong Kong, uh, you know, where, where it's a good place to raise our kid, uh, raise our family, you know, to, to do our job and enjoy life. Uh, but the the thing is, we do not have a uh, valid democratic system where we can equally participating mm. in governing our yeah. own home yeah. and that's the core issue of it Kelvin Lam, you, you said that um, this issue has been kind of sucked into the uh, Sino-US dispute and uh, and so on, but has it really or, or has it been thrown into it by the actions of the protesters, by calling on the American government and by having high-profile meetings with uh, senior members of the administration, by flying the Stars and Stripes and singing the, national, the American National Anthem through the streets? Have they been uh, dragging... America and China into this conflict. Uh, this is the fault uh, of the of those protesters, surely. Um, I, I don't think it's the fault of the protesters. If anything, it was the fault of the Hong Kong government who actually introduced the extradition bill in the first place. Um, 
Yes, I mean, uh, people were singing national anthem uh, of the U.S. in some of the gatherings before. Um, but I guess there is a natural progression of um, how people feel and do, um, particularly when the government, uh, the Chinese authorities, both are ignoring the protested demand. And um, obviously, if they... If they are- I, I, I can understand it. I can understand psychologically why, why you might, they might feel frustrated. Uh-huh. But... But the effect has been catastrophic. The effect has been to antagonise Beijing, and and we're looking at the the result of that now. Yeah. I, well, the I think I think um, it obviously upset Beijing to some extent that people are not loyal to the to the country. Um, but um, but but the Americans are also protecting uh, their own interest in an international financial centre like Hong Kong as well. I mean, um, Hong Kong is international because it's endorsed by international community, and I guess that everyone has a right to say what they want to uh, in Hong Kong in that sense. Um, uh, but I think that um, a financial uh, centre, uh, you know, international financial centre is basically uh, what it meant. You know, they 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 do have an interest in here and therefore they, they want to voice out. Okay, some uh, more uh, comments from uh, listeners. Uh, Andrew F. with the subject line WOW says, quote, I'm not saying some of the violent protesters are doing the right thing, unquote. I presume this is, did you say that, Avery? Is that referring to you? Uh, uh, Andrew F. says, wow, major concession there. So if I follow the logic correctly, we have no personal accountability for our own behaviour. Uh, I should consider myself lucky, then I guess that Carrie Lam hasn't caused me to murder anyone. Seriously, it's cringeworthy hearing logic <laughs> being tortured this much just to avoid having to condemn things which are patently indefensible. That comes uh, from uh, Andrew F. Uh, Din says, Backchat should perhaps remind listeners of what the NPCSC statement says, uh, particularly my emphasis. Uh, so there's the whole uh, comment, and he, Din has uh, emphasized um, that uh, Article 3 says that... Uh, I'm uh, just trying not to read the whole thing. Uh, well, uh, let me highlight uh, what it says in Article 4, specifies that the SAR must establish and improve the institutions and enforcement mechanisms for safeguarding national security when needed. And then this is highlighted. Relevant national security organs of the Central People's Government will set up agencies in the SAR to fulfil relevant duties to safeguard national security in accordance with the law. Uh, okay, uh, Andrew, a different Andrew, says so many, So many Andrews today. When I come on the show, so many Andrews writing in. <laughs> it wasn't me. Uh, Andrew says, to the rest of the world and PRC population, foreign influence and terrorism sound reasonable reasons for the new law. Shouldn't evidence of these be presented to the people of Hong Kong, many of whom doubt both? Explosives allegedly seized in recent months have been sketchily described as their alleged perpetrators' details and seem to many a dubious stepping stone to notch up police action and administration response from the previously preferred term rioting and justify that whopping 25% raising of annual budget. Unlike the PRC, transparency is expected uh, in Hong Kong. And Mike, uh, yes, that Mike, says, I have made my point dozens of times over the past 25 years and no one wants to discuss it. Our legislators' main battle has been universal suffrage, as if that would be the panacea for all of our problems. Uh, Citing key talking points like human rights, our legislators are like a one-trip 
trick pony. So many other things they could have worked on to make Hong Kong a better place. They failed. They can't even pass animal rights legislation. Why would we even want to give Hong Kong politicians more power? They've shown their lack of responsibility with the power they have been given. That comes uh, from Mike. And uh, Professor Carol Peterson, who's a uh, former uh, lecturer or uh, formerly on the Hong Kong U law staff, now at the University of Hawaii, uh, says uh, with the subject line, there is no need to add a national law to Annex 3. The notion that there is some huge gap in Hong Kong laws is not correct. Hong Kong already has a very strong anti-terrorism ordinance and plenty of laws prohibiting acts of violence by protesters. Hong Kong also has laws prohibiting treason and sedition. The only acts specified in Article 23 that are not currently addressed in existing Hong Kong ordinances are subversion and secession. There is no reason why the local government could not address those acts by reintroducing the 2003 legislation with the three amendments that Tung Chi Wah offered to make after the July the 1st, 2003 protest march. If that bill were reintroduced now as local legislation to be interpreted and applied by the local courts so as to be consistent with the ICCPR, then I think there is a very good chance that it would pass. This would avoid the need for a constitutional crisis and renew confidence in one country, two systems. That is, as I say, from uh, Professor Carol Peterson. Thank you very much indeed to everyone for, for uh, all those comments. Uh, one more from Jay, who says the government do not want the Hong Kong people to have quality of life, especially at the bottom levels. That's why property is kept at a high price, so the wealthy uh, don't have to live like dogs, and the government does not listen to what the public are asking. That comes uh, from Jay. Kelvin Lam, well, what are you going to do now? Is there anything you can do now? Um, what we can do is to let the public know the impact of the security law. Um, from my perspective, I mean, for, my, for, for things I need to do is to talk about it from a financial or and economic angle uh, that the, um, the, the people's job might be at risk and people are leaving Hong Kong. The talent pool is shrinking um, and also capital might, you know, uh, there may be capital outflow. Um, so these are the things that we want to let the public know. Will you be saying that to Washington through Joshua Wong, through your friend? Um, I, I, I actually don't have any connections uh, with um, Washington, but um, uh, if, anything, if anyone wanted some information about economics or anything uh, or the impact of it, I'm very welcome to provide. Uh, Avery, what do you expect to happen tomorrow with the Legislative Council? Um, there, there will be chaos, uh, but I'm afraid that uh, the national anthem law will will be passed uh, because of the um, uh, the, the acts of the um, uh, or Star uh, Lee uh, and the uh, DAB, uh, whereby they are basically going to force the votes uh, for the national anthem. Uh, and what, what do you mean, force the vote? Well, 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 well basically, I mean, you, you've seen what happened uh, over the past couple of uh, weeks. I mean, we've got mm. more secreted secret guard inside the chamber than legislators uh, themselves. And uh, the pro-establishment is just going to uh, basically expel and throw away the pro-democratic uh, legislator until the point where they, we just cannot vote uh, inside the chamber and mm. just force the legislation through. And unlike... Uh, what happened last year uh, with the uh, extradition bill. The only reason why we managed to stop the bill uh, to pass last year was not because of uh, whatever confrontation the legislator did inside the chamber, but there were thousands of people outside on the street uh, to prevent the bill from passing. But 
it is a different time now uh, because of the rampant police violence uh, and then the the large or the hundreds, if, oh no, thousands of pro, uh, arrested protesters. That uh, I'm afraid there's uh, there's limited ability for us to mobilize the public uh, in order to uh, stop the bill. Well, thank you very much indeed for joining us. One more comment from Din in an email uh, who I read out earlier, who written who had uh, passed on the whole of the MPC statement. Uh, Din says, interesting that you skipped Article th 3, including the judiciary. Well, if anyone would like to read the MPCSC statement, please do. Uh, we are out of time. Uh, Avery Ng, thank you very much indeed for joining us, Secretary General of the League of Social Democrats. Thanks to Calvin Lamb, Southern District Councillor. And uh, also, uh, we're talking to Philip Dykes in the first part of the programme. Andrew, uh, many thanks to you. Thank you. That's uh, so it for the programme today, back at 8.30 tomorrow, leaving you with the weather, many cloudy, with sunny intervals and a few showers. The showers will be heavy at times later, with some thunderstorms. Temperatures today up to 31 degrees and the outlook sunny intervals and a few showers forecast in the next couple of days. 29 degrees now. Relative humidity is at 85%.